Hi, welcome back to Rate That Album, a back-and-forth album review with myself, Joe Fremming. With me, as always, is Paul. Paul, do you have angst in your pants? Dude, I have angst in my pants so bad I need to go to Sextown, USA, buddy. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, so we're discussing the 1982 album, I believe, 1982 uh, album by the band Sparks called Angst in My Pants. Now, I kind of want to discuss this. This I chose this album on a lark. Uh, we had uh, a plan kind of blow up on us for just slightly. It's, you know, beyond control of anybody, but we had to come up with another album. And my... My always go-to album in an emergency is the Bee Gees Sgt. Pepper. <laughs> I was so ready for that, so, dude. I was so ready for that. And uh, I started listening to it because you can only listen to it on YouTube. It's not streaming anywhere for some strange reason. I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why. I, I guess people just don't want to hear uh, George Burns singing Fixing a Hole. But uh, So I decided that I, I made that call, and then I saw the trailer for the Edgar Wright documentary, the Sparks brothers. Uh, and I knew nothing about Sparks. I, uh, I have friends that kind of like listen to them, but they never told me about them. So like, and this is a thing, like when you, I worked in a record store for 10 years, people kind of assume I, I've heard every band and it, it's not the case. Uh, and so this documentary comes, I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? You know, I'm like, all right, we'll just we'll do Sparks because, like, why why the hell not? There's a documentary coming out. It gives me a chance to go see a movie in the theater for the first time in like 16 months, uh, and like it's a band I've never listened to. And I picked the album based alone on the album cover, which features <laughs> the two main uh, principals in the band, uh, Ron and Russell Mayle. Uh, Ron, with his Hitler mustache, is dressed as a bride, <laughs> and Russell, in a glam rock disco outfit, is the group. <laughs> and in uh, the title alone, too, "Angst in My Pants," which is for me, I've never heard that term, and I love like really clever terms. Like I, I'm a big reader, so like you know, and I authors have like something that just kind of grabs you like say like hunter thompson's fear and loathing like that just kind of grabs you that's like the best description of a boner i've ever right. come across yeah <laughs> angst, yeah angst, and, and just angst in, your, in my pants um yeah i've heard that um because that you know again in our in our time i you know, there was this period like Around the time that I graduated, like my, my my junior senior year, till about when I was about twenty two, that's when I was you know told you I was kind of the guy on the couch and shit like that, and I hung out with these girls that were very artsy and in the like, uh, to the point where it was um, pretentious, right? And they're into like all like you know everything Euro pop, you know Euro trash, you know anything that was really fringe, and yeah, I've heard the term angst angst in my pants. I haven't heard it in years, so. I thought it was really – I did not realize this was a 1982 album when I listened to it, by the way, just so you're aware. So I was like, oh, they're bringing back angst in my pants. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so uh, yeah, so that's – so I picked it on a lark, and I it, I went down a rabbit hole. I saw the documentary. I got their latest album on vinyl. Uh, 
I walked out of that documentary with more questions than answers, which I think makes for a, a good documentary. Uh, but, Paul, let's just start off. Uh, you know nothing about Sparks, am I correct? Or I did know you do a little nothing. bit of research? Nope. You know what? I would, in all this time, believe me, I, you know me, I like to know everything about everything I'm getting into. And these last couple of weeks in between of this recording, I... Um, uh, I've been wanting to dig into it, but I've been refusing to let myself do it. Well, that's good. Uh, even if you wanted to, there's not a lot of information besides the documentary. These guys are kind of uh, enigmatic like that. You can go to their Wikipedia page and get like the beats, but like you really don't get who they are. And so let, let me start off. What, what, what would you assume about this band? Would you, would you think they're an American band? No. No. They're from Los Angeles. What? <laughs> yep. No, I would... Wait, no. No, yep. no, no. I really thought this was a Euro band. Uh, yeah. Uh, they... Uh, so the, the, the history of Sparks is they started recording in 1968. So this is a band that totally passed me by that has been recording for f- five decades. Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they started as a band called Half, Half Nelson. Uh, didn't really go anywhere with that. Was it? Was it? Was it? Was it a, a spinoff of the Nelson Brothers? <laughs> <laughs> well, interesting. Uh, they changed the name. The record company changed the name because they're like, well, maybe it's the name that's not selling you guys in the states. Uh, they're like. Well, you guys are funny. You like the Marx Brothers. Why don't you call yourself the Sparks Brothers? And they were horrified by that. Oh, God. <laughs> so they, uh, they settled just on Sparks. And they do, they do get their first hit of success when they're living. They moved, they moved to the UK and got a British backing band behind them. Okay. So that... There is like a reason why you assume they're British because they have a very British sensibility. Very much so. Very much so. Yeah. <laughs> so, and there's two waves. There's not more. There's a bunch of waves of sparks. Uh, but the first wave is kind of like glam pop rock, very kind of like in the vein of like, I'd probably, the contemporaries would be like, Similar-ish would be Queen, maybe, with the falsetto vocals, but uh, T-Rex a little bit. It, they're very weird. They're, they're very much their own sound. And uh, and as you kind of talked about, like, the 1982, very much ahead of their time. So when we're talking about this era, we're, in 1979, they released a synth electronic dance album called Number One Song in Heaven, uh, about five, six years before Depeche Mode, uh, New Order, <laughs> these other bands, these bands just pretty much found, heard that album and just ripped them off. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, yes, they're like very much ahead of their time. Uh, so we're in like kind of the synth pop era, which again, you listen to some of these songs in this album, like, man, if that was like released in like 1985, I could see that as a hit. <laughs> But by 1985, they're already doing something else. <laughs> wow. Holy fuck. Yeah, they're doing angst in my pants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, 
So we get to the so we're on uh, angst in my pants. I, I I could go through the whole history of Sparks, but uh, I would highly suggest people watch the documentary. Uh, it's really good. Like the talk with like a bunch of bands are just like yeah, like I don't know why anybody doesn't know about them. Well, like fucking talk about them, then maybe people <laughs> like quit making them a secret. God damn it! Right. Right. All right. So, Paul, uh, let's get. Uh, what are your first thoughts on angst in my pants? Okay, so as I alluded to in the beginning, first of all, when I, I, I was listening to this on a trip um, up to my in-laws, and <laughs> your in-laws are very liberal, right? No, <laughs> opposite, <laughs> sir. Opposite. <laughs> oh, you but, said um, you like gave them an album. This album is a gift. They might. They might not appreciate it. It, it. Exactly. They might not appreciate it. I was, I was listening to it on the drive up there. And, you know, I, I was going along with it, you know. And then I was like, God, about about songs five, six, and I'm like, man, everything sounds the same. I was starting to get a little annoyed. And then, I, you know, I'm, I'm like, God, I got to listen to this thing. And then I realized, I looked at the thing on it, I realized this was released in 1982. And then I was like, holy fuck, I was all in again. Because... <laughs> I really thought this was an album that came out like in the last four years. It doesn't have that eight, you know, that eighties sound that you get from the eighties. Like we've talked about that on numerous of our podcasts. This avoids that eighties sound. And I, I mean, this has got Devo written all over it. Um, this has got Euro pop sensibility all over it. This has got some Zappa all over it. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. Yeah, and it's it's weird. <laughs> I you know, and like you said, it's like this like and it's very popish, which is like another <laughs> I mean it's it's hard to like compare these guys to another band because they kind of just made their own sound. <laughs> yeah. I mean you know, and again, I mean, their, their own sound is there, and I will admit, like, there's some that there's some of it that really annoys me. I'm not. This is not getting off scot free. This is not no. getting off scot free because they repeat a lot of what they. Uh, uh, you know, the, the lyrics get very, like, you could tell they're so focused on what the sound is that to me it almost feels like in a lot of the songs the lyrics become secondary. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> my, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, or maybe you have a different opinion of it. No, I, I agree. Uh, there, there's some really good lyrics on this, but there's also like, yeah, it's kind of like, what the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I mean, those are my first impressions of it. You know, we both have never listened to this before. What are yours? I really liked it because it's it's very strange. But like you said, like some of it starts kind of like bleeding into itself a bit. But like the production value again for like 1982, like it, it, like this album probably like landed and is like people are like this is from like made by Martians. Like what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there are like highlight songs on here that I, I I really do enjoy. And then there's like the weird like novelty songs, which like are not the greatest, but like they make me chuckle at least. And probably the one like instant weight loss. Like there's no reason why I should like that. <laughs> 
that's a good, go on. I fucking laughed my ass off listening to it. So what I do appreciate is at least they have a sense of humor. <laughs> Instant Weight Loss is actually one of my favorite songs on the album. <laughs> yeah. I. I, I shouldn't be, and I was going to bring that up, like, I shouldn't like this song as much as I do, but I do. <laughs> Instant weight loss. <laughs> it's so good. And, yeah, you mentioned the, the Queen, but there's also Krauss Nomi in here. Like, I feel a lot, and if you're familiar with Krauss, not a lot of people are. Um, Krauss, um, uh, Klaus, uh, yeah, yeah, Klaus Nomi was this weird European or German, um, he was out before people were even allowed to be out. Let me put it that way. And um, he did a lot of stuff. Like he did backup. Like when when Bowie was on Saturday Night Live, he was he backed up. He was a backup singer with with Bowie. Um, he's worked with a lot of people. So there is some Kraus Nomi influence out there. Just no one. It's kind of like these guys. Like people were stealing from them. No one knows who they are. I really feel like these guys were stealing from Kraus Nomi. <laughs> Like you know, and again, it's like they, you know, obviously influences come in like you know a band that nobody knows about, influenced by another band nobody knows about. Well, and you could tell Devo got some of their sound from this. There's no question to me that Devo did oh, yeah. not get some of their sound from this. Yeah, and like let's kind of talk about that because I hear the the DNA of like not just this album but like early Sparks and in like a lot of bands we grew up with. Like I. One of them was like they might be giants came to mind. Oh yes, listening to this, you know Beck, Beck. There's Beck all over this. Yeah, you're right. So you got yeah they might be giants. You got Beck. Like I said, you got Devo. You got even some of the like 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 punk in there too. Um, like with the shaky vocals, you got a little bit of even emo in there. Um, you know again you have some Bowie in there. Um, there's just, I mean, this album really is like one of those things. And once again, I think it's really crazy. It's 1982. It should be filled with that 80s garbage. You know what I mean? Like that 80s garbage sound that you could tell it's from the 80s. Yeah. And I, I can't. I like it doesn't sound like that. Yeah. When you message me and you're like, I, I was, you know, I was a little, I was underwhelmed until I found this was 1982. I just, I chuckled because it was like, you know, I. I, I just happened to look on Spotify. I saw the year, and then I, when I was listening to it, I was like, "This sounds pretty out there for '82." <laughs> like, this is like you know, like when I think of out there albums, and a lot of times I'm like, "Yeah, Zappa and Henry Cow and all this really weird, hard to not really ex- accessible sound wise a lot of the time." Like they're because they're such good at the the craft that the musicianship blows you away. Where these guys are just like. They're poppy to the point where it's obnoxious. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's overwhelming. It there definitely is. The pop sensibility here is obnoxious, and you know, you you, you bring up the fact that yes, it's it's uh, there's it shouldn't be that good for nineteen like for this being out in nineteen eighty two is the equivalent of Freak Out by Zappa to me. Like nothing this, and this is also like you know the band called Death. You stumble, I don't know how you do it, Joe, but in in these things, you stumble across these albums that are, like, ahead of their time, and then we listen, like, no one got into it, and now we're listening to it now going, holy shit, this is out there. How did we never hear about this band? 
That's another thing, too, because I work, like I said, I work at a record store, and I think maybe once or twice my buddy Dan would say, yeah, Sparks is pretty good. Like, he really likes Sparks. And I was like, okay, like, and then I went back to work, you know, and then I was just like, then I started, like, I was on Pitchfork, and I read, like, Edgar Wright's going to do a documentary on Sparks, and they had a picture of the brothers, you know, the, the, you know, one guy's kind of like, you know, the, you know, he's like, it's kind of like the cheap trick thing where, like, the two guys are really good looking and the other two is are slubby. Yep. Except the other guy looks like a middle-aged uh, hybrid of Hitler and Walt Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. He looks, he looks like a Hitler Disney. You know, like, I'll give I, you that. So I saw like that. And I was like, that's interesting. I should probably give them a listen. And then I never did. And so, like, right after I panicked and it was like, yeah, we're not doing Sgt. Pepper because... <laughs> that's like a double album of a lot of shit <laughs> that I don't, I don't think I was able to sit through yeah. Not at that time. Uh, so I, you know, so I, yeah, it was, I picked this and I was just like, this is, this is weird and nobody knows about it. And now, now they're getting their kind of recognition of the movie, which I think is good. Cause you see like the movie is interesting. They, at one point, they stopped working for six years because they're working on a movie with Tim Burton. What movie? <laughs> it never got made. Oh, <laughs> well, a Tim Burton and, movie that never got made? No, no, yeah. no, a Tim well, Burton like, movie. <laughs> and yeah, so it's, it, they have such a they have a movie coming out in August, <laughs> starring Adam Driver. <laughs> oh man, what's the name of that? Oh, wait, God. wait, wait! The Sparks do. Yeah, the Sparks do. They have and, a they have a movie. Annette. The movie's called Annette. With Adam yeah, Driver. With Adam Driver. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to see <laughs> this movie. Yeah, I mean th- these guys' story is so. What do we know about this movie, Joe? Tell me about this movie. What what do we it's know a about? Musical, it? as far as I can tell, uh, like I don't know. I can't make any heads or tails from the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Eesh, you're gonna. Uh, you might have. I mean, you might have to tell me about it because I struggle with musicals, bro. I yeah. stu- I, I I'm not struggle. a big musical fa- fan, but uh, if if anything else, like you, another piece of information that might confuse you, Paul, is they made an album with Franz Ferdinand <laughs> in 2015. FFS Franz Ferdinand Sparks. <laughs> um. Um. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. like, why did I never hear these guys? Um, okay, hang on. Um, what, what is this album? Um, what? I like Franz, Franz Ferdinand. How did I know, but how did I not know about this? No, I, I didn't know about it until, uh, I was watching the movie. <laughs> I was like, "Holy shit! <laughs> what? That movie? Watching that documentary was like me basically being utterly baffled for like two hours, two hours and two and a half hours. Like, wait, what? How did I not? Know? How did I not know about any of this? Yeah, I'm, I'm confused. I really am. Like, I, I, I love Franz Ferdinand actually. Um, yeah. Well, if you want to listen to. The album's on Spotify and YouTube if you ever want to listen to it. It's called FFS. Yeah, I will have to check that out. Um, I will definitely check that out. 
Have you listened to it? Is I mean, I know we're listening about a different one, but you got like I I went there, I went down and I listened to a lot of their albums. They have uh, about twenty five albums, Paul. So like it was just a crapshoot just grabbing this one again because they have so many. It's like Zappa; they have like so many albums. It's like, well, I'm just gonna pick it based off art, album artwork, and title. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, all right. Uh, yeah, I'll have to check this out. Um, but no, I mean, <clears throat> I will admit, I was like, oh my god, this is like getting obnoxious, right? This is getting yeah. obnoxious. This is getting obnoxious. Well, it's like it's you know, like it's a lot of like with pop music in general. Uh, if it's getting too saturated with like the the poppiness, like it'll it'll start turning me off. So, but yeah, uh, but I went down a rabbit hole with these guys. I've been listening to them for the past couple of weeks. They have like a lot of they have such a weird career arc, Paul. Like <laughs> it's so fucking weird. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, they have a movie coming. <laughs> Besides oh. the documentary they made with the with the, the guy who gave a shot of the dead, so you know. Jesus Christ! All right, all right. Oh yeah, they were just, they were partially discovered by Todd Rudgren. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. He's the one who kind of like pushed them in the seventies to like the labels. <laughs> what the? And he fuck still works was... with them occasionally. He'll produce stuff with them. Like. The Cars. The Cars, Todd Rudgen. No, he wasn't in The Cars. Was, wasn't he Wasn't he in The Cars? He you was in thinking The Cars. Of Rick What's that? You're thinking of Rick Osakic or whatever. No, I'm thinking of Todd Rudgen. Todd Rudgen was in The Cars at one point. He could have been. I don't know. All I know is like he was like a... Big, big or shot. played so. with them or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think he played with them because he got... Yeah, I remember because he got on Cole from back when he had the Colbert rapport. It was like one of the running jokes was like he had Todd Rudgren on his like uh, his shit list thing, <laughs> but they never explained it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Is it because it was of the like smarts? Bears was number one always? <laughs> like down the list was for some reason was Todd Rudgren. <laughs> oh God! Oh God! This is f- yeah. That's. Okay, yeah, we need to find out more about these people because this is, I mean, we, we're, we're getting way off track here, but the uh, I enjoyed this album. I mean, again, I know it sounds weird, like it's one of those things where it's like, eh, eh, yeah. you know. At first it's kind of like, you know, it, it's overwhelming with the poppiness, but then it, it does that earworm thing. Mm-hmm. And it starts like, spreading to your brain because like so yeah i was kind of like that at first and then i'm like i'll listen to it again and then i went to bed and i woke up and like i should probably listen to that album again just for the review and that just kept going i'm like yeah and then i'm just like i really like this that's what happened to me like when i was first listening in the car to all that i was like oh my god then i saw it came out in 1982 and once again that piqued my interest and people would go why why does the year matter to you so much paul and it's because of the fact that like, I that kind of shit blows my mind. Like I'll listen to something and I'll be like, ah, oh, God, you know, because it sounds like so much shit that's out there. Yeah. But you realize when you go, this is 1982, you go, wait a minute, I'm listening to the prototype of something. Now my now my interest is peaked because how did I not know about this band in all in fucking 39 39 years? How did I not hear about this album in 39 years? 
it's it came out the year after we were born, Joe. Yeah, thirty nine years. This album never got on our radar. So, None of their yeah. albums got on our radar. Not a one. Not even like even like they had like some like minor hits. Never heard them. Never yeah. heard them. That's I can see crazy. why they were hits when I went and listened to the their like uh, collection or whatever on Spotify, and I was like, yeah, I can see why this was popular and. But like you know, they just never were able to break in the United States. They were pretty big in Europe, like they were. They did well in Europe, but they didn't want to live in Europe, so they went back to Los Angeles. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy, huh? So let's let's talk about the the highlight songs. Yes, yes, let's do that. Let me uh let me pull it up here again. Here, one second. Uh, I want to pull up the title tracks out of the tracks here. Sorry, I was going down some rabbit holes while we were talking. Uh, <laughs> that's, what, that's what we do, Paul. <laughs> that is what we do. That is what we do. So, Angst in My Path. Okay, title track, great. Um, I predict. Um, I didn't like that one so much. Which is but... weird because that's like their, that was like the single <laughs> from the album. Yeah, that and that's weird. Like, no, no. There's better songs than that to be to be that one. Um, I, you know me, and usually the third track is good. Sex Town USA, fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> and so I I heard that song, and then like I shared the YouTube link with you, and I was like, well, if you ever get back to doing the the weird sex news, like this is your theme song, <laughs> right? Right. And this is the other thing about this, like, like the, some of the songs on here, like I go, man, this is something I should have wrote. Like, like <laughs> Sex Town USA is something I should have wrote. I am still super pissed that I didn't write WAP because that was like right up my alley. Like I should have written WAP. Like I'm pissed I didn't. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> um, Sherlock Holmes was all right, but then like Nickel, Nicotina, Modest Mouse, I mean Mike, Mickey Mouse, Mustache kind of blurred together. Then Instant Weight Loss comes in. I love that one. Tarzan and Jane is just bizarre. And then the last <laughs> two tracks I really enjoy. I don't know what. What are your highlights? I really like Sherlock Holmes. That's kind of like like the ballad, I guess. It kind of mm-hmm. it's a slower song, and I'm that should soccer. have been the single in my mind. Yeah. I'm a sucker for the slower ballad song. So like that one, I'm just been obsessed with. Uh, I figured you'd love Nicotina since it's about <laughs> your favorite drug. Well, yeah, I know. I know. But it's uh, yeah, but it just kind of blurred at that point. Just blurred yeah. together at that point. But no, like I like my favorite is Sherlock Holmes. Angst in my pants. Uh, <laughs> instant weight loss. It's a great song. It's a great song. Uh, it shouldn't be, but it is. The monster of love I love. Yeah, Eaten by the Monster of Love, the last track's really good. Decline and Fall of Me, like, yeah, that was... And, of course, Angst in My Pants, just, just, again, that just... That term just fucking, like... Like, God, that's such a... Such a... And you listen to the song, and it's it's basically, like, when you're, when, when you're like, a 13, and you're just popping boners all the time, and you're just hoping it goes away, and they don't. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we caught them all the time in high school. We had to go fucking. Yeah, um, you had to go like give like a, a, a presentation in front of the class, and you just got a raging boner. You're like, nope. Oh god, I hated that. I hated that. Oh, you know, you walk up there. You know, you kind of hunch over as you're walking up, and the other guys, the guys knew. I mean, yeah. everyone, everyone knew when you're walking that way, you had a boner. You know <laughs> what I mean? I fucking hated that. Yeah, and you, you know, like they just popped out of nowhere. <laughs> you know. 
all that angst in her pants. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's that. Um, yeah. Nicotina, Mickey Mouse uh, were, were a mustache were low lights for me. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, but overall, for it being a 1982 album, this is really, really good. Now, I know our average listeners of this one may not, you know, is this something I think they might get annoyed by this. I don't know, Joe, what do you think? I, it depends. It depends on your sensibilities. Like mm-hmm. I like it a lot. Like I went down a rabbit hole. They have other albums that I'm really digging like more than this, but yeah, uh, this was, I think it's a, I, I mean, if you're going to start anywhere with these guys, like I, I can't even tell you where. No, no, <laughs> this, I, this wouldn't be the worst, I guess, because there is a lot of good songs on it. There um, is. There's a lot so, of good songs on yeah, it, and they have like totally different like eras of their yeah, like yeah. I don't know, man. Like I like them a lot. I our listeners, they they might like them, or they might not. I I have uh, I have no idea, but I mean, I really enjoyed it. I really 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 liked it uh and i went back and i found some other albums i really liked that they did uh, number one in heaven which is like a crazy like you know it's like a like i said before it's like this crazy like electronic dance album that was made in 79 when nobody was doing that like it's considered like at least like one of the first to do first albums right. like that uh yeah it's it, yeah, it's I'm trying to think. Yeah, I I like it. I would uh, if we're gonna go to the suggestions. I would say yeah. Uh, there's there's you know some of the songs blend together, but uh, I I think it's solid. And considering it came out '82 and nothing sounded like this in '82, and you can just hear like the bands that were influenced by these guys follow. It's. I would say at least check it out, and I yeah. would say check out the the documentary because uh, that's really interesting. They had they have a hell of a story. I would um. So I would recommend it. Like I would. I mean, maybe skip through five, six, seven. Um, I mean, listen to it all. You know, all the way. But yeah, I mean, it's really, really good. It's just. Um, like I said, for me, there's, I mean, and the, and the good thing is the song, none of the songs are over like three and a half minutes. So, you know, it's not, you're not going to have like a, like a seven minute kiss ballad that you don't like. (laughs) 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 So, you know, you have that. Um, I, I, you know, I would say, yes, I would, I would recommend it. Did you know what these guys were on Saturday night live? Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, no, Danny DeVito hosting. And they did two of the worst songs. They did I predicted Mickey Mouse. If they had done Angst in My Pants and Instant Weight Loss, they we probably wouldn't know who they were. <laughs> hey man, people follow their own thing. Who knows? Who knows? You know, and that's the thing, like when you record out you you don't how do you how do you know what's gonna be the hit? Like a lot yeah. of people just really just don't. Most famously, I think, was uh, when Black Sabbath recorded uh, Paranoid. Yeah. They thought that was a throwaway song. 
It ended up being their biggest hit. <laughs> that's crazy because that is such a good riff. Like, why would you think that's a throwaway? That's an amazing well, riff. Well, if you listen to that album, there's a lot of good riffs on that. You got War Pigs. You got Iron Man. You got Fairies Wear Boots. Like, oh, so all of them are so good. Yeah. That is the yeah. quintessential that is the quintessential Black Sabbath album to me. Oh, yeah. yeah, but yeah, so yeah, I would I would recommend it. I mean, like I, I they, those, these guys have a lot of songs and a lot of albums I really enjoy. Uh, I'm just not an expert enough to say where you should start. So I would say do what me and Paul did and just pick a random album and yeah. check it out. You know, or you guys could do what I did with Floyd, which is something I did, which was when I got into Floyd, I actually went out to the Electric Fetus. And bought Pipers at the Gates of Dawn, their very first album. And then I went out and bought each album in succession because I really wanted because I really wanted to hear what how they grew, like where they started and where they ended. Um, so maybe start there, folks. Like maybe you know, go back. I uh, go back to the 1968. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> but you're gonna go through a lot of albums. Yeah, this is, you know. 25 of them 24 25 of them you know i mean bound to be one in there that people you'll like i mean you know i went and found a bunch of stuff that i like that sound completely different from this album uh one was like gratuitous sax and senseless violins that was a good album Well, you know, and I'm looking at this, 1981, Want That Sucker, 1982, Angst of My Pants, 1983, In Outer Space. These guys were busy. <laughs> yeah. Could oh, you so I want to also talk, because, like, so the video for I Predict might have, might have also been what turned people off for <laughs> Sparks. And it features uh, Ron Mail, uh, the guy with the mustache, doing a strip tease at a... <laughs> what looks like a dive bar, like a little burlesque show. 1982 was not the most uh, open with that sort of thing, so that might have that might have turned people off of these guys. Oh God, really? Hmm. Yeah, I'll I'll send you the link for it. It's it's a great video. Yeah, send it to me. You know, I mean, I and another guess. thing too, I forgot to mention. Uh, Paul McCartney did a little nod to these guys. In the coming, his video for coming up. Uh, let me see. I will. I will message that to you right now, Paul, because I took a screenshot. That's weird. That's weird. That's weird. Yeah, like in the coming up video, he's. Uh, let's see here, Paul. This is this is the magic of podcast. People can sit here and listen to me. Look at my phone. All right, yeah. Whoa, he did. Yep. says right here, Paul McCartney spoofs Ron Meal of Sparks, 1980. What yeah. the fuck? Again, I, how did we not know about these guys? Well, and I suppose maybe because this is all a UK thing. You know, I mean, I I, I go back to that. I go back, I think, quite a bit in our in our in our podcast to that um, documentary, um, the um, in the shadows of Motown, right? Nobody knew who the accompanying band was in the United States for a lot of the Motown hits. But when these guys went out to UK, there were signs for them holding them up and being like they knew who they were. Like UK, are the UK music fans tend to be smarter 
than the. I, 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 Maybe more open-minded. I, I think. I think they're more open-minded. I think British people are more open-minded with music. Uh, well, and I'm just gonna say it. They're smarter. They yeah. they don't they don't just look at who like if they hear like Marvin Gaye. Okay, great, but Marvin Gaye didn't do all the music. Who did the guitar? Who did this? Who did that? You know, the UK fans and, and Japanese fans are more into that. Like they're actually more into the music where America tends to be more about just the name, right? Like, oh, like like I love the strokes, right? Like I love the strokes. Every almost every member of the Strokes has done a solo album, which I've listened to. But when people think the Strokes, they think Julian Casablancas, right? Yeah, because they always think of the focal point of the band, which is normally the lead singer. Yep, yep, exactly. So yeah, unless you're like uh, a duo type of thing, like Axl Rose and Slash or something like that. Yeah, but normally it's just the people who stand out the most is what becomes a focal point for people. Yeah, but I mean, most people don't give a shit about Duff. <laughs> they should. They should. The man is fucking. The guy made his. The guy can retire based on his smart investments with his money in the eighties. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Duff's well, amazing. Well, Axel and Slash were busy on the nod of heroin. He was getting wasted and investing in the stock market. Fucking brilliant. I love fucking Duff. brilliant. So no, I think um, yeah, I would I would strongly recommend this album. But like I said, just understand that there is going to be some bleeding uh, uh, of it. But and when I, you know, some of the songs are going to sound the same. But at the same time, it's going to be nothing like you heard of, anyways. Yeah. So enjoy the fact that you're going to be hearing a lot of what you've never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like it's funny. So I did a, another. I'm going to go on another aside here because why Please. not? It's our podcast. Uh, so, like, when I first I listened to, like, their first hit, minor hit or whatever, from, like, 71 or 72 called uh, This Town Ain't Big Enough for the Both of Us, which is another, like, I love song titles that are like that. <laughs> this just sounds like an old Western, but it's, you know. And I was, like, listening to the falsetto vocals. I'm like, this reminds me of that band, The Darkness. You remember them in the early 2000s? Oh, God, I remember The Darkness. Hell yeah. yeah. So I went and I typed in Sparks, The Darkness, and the lead singer of The Darkness covered that song with Sparks. The fuck? (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to have to do some digging. I'm going to have to do some digging. Yeah, it's... They're in the video with them. It's it's fucking just... Yeah. Yep. Yep. And if you will... I'll also just... Highly suggest watching their music videos because they're, they're you can tell why it was they were even too weird for MTV at the dawn of MTV. Oh well, there's a was it a book or was it a doc? I think it's a book. I mean, maybe they're making a documentary that talks about. There's a lot of things in the early days of, of MTV that they were really shitty about. Yeah, well, a lot of it was you know how racial. They, yeah, racial shit. But even beyond that, out on that, uh, yeah. While they were interviewing him, what's that? Bowie called that out on them when they were interviewing him in the eighties. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Which almost, which got him in some trouble with MTV for what? Because it's David Bowie. He's fucking awesome. They couldn't not. What does Bowie give a shit? Like, yeah, I'm David Bowie. I don't give a fuck if you guys don't play my. (laughs) I love David Bowie for that dude. Ah man, I'm sad he's dead. We lost a good one on that one. Yeah. Um, 
But no, yeah, I, I, that's that's. I mean, to sit here and you're telling me all these things that they have done together, like that's crazy. Yeah, uh, that's absolutely nuts. I'm looking at this and looking at like with sparks. My God, um, this is unreal. Um, I'm just like I said, I'm blown away by this. <laughs> that's 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 all I really got is I'm completely blown blown away by this, and that we didn't know who these people were and all the stuff that they've done. I I'm, mean, I'm really happy we just took a a random like you know we I went in with no expectations as I'd never heard of before. Like sometimes like we come in and there's baggage, and I think that's like what happened with me with the Lindsey Buckingham thing is like that Fleetwood Mac baggage and like my buddy who would just fucking fast forward to the guitar solos and made it this, the everything unpleasant <laughs> with any memories with Fleetwood Mac to me. But like with this, I just went in like, I've never heard any of this. I have no idea who these guys are. No, I had no idea either. Listen. And I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. Like, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. Um, all right. All right. Yeah, I'm really glad you recommend this one. So I would say at the end of the day, I would recommend this album, Joe. You would recommend the album? Yes, I would. All right. Huh, I like that. I'm about to check out more of them. Um, I don't think we should do plugs because we're still getting caught up. <laughs> well, Paul, then uh, what's the next pick? Joe, I'm going to give you a choose-your-own-adventure. Oh, thank God. Um, I'm going to... And you're gonna the go Boondock Saints soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> as long as Norman Weedus is singing on all the tracks, um, so um, I'm gonna give you three. I'm gonna give you three bands, and you can pick which one you wanna which one you wanna go down. Ween, 1975, or the Fiery Furnaces. Uh. Since I have haven't heard them since like the mid two thousands, let's go with Fiery Furnaces. Excellent, excellent. We are going to do their album Bitter Tea. All right, let me. Hear. Gotta write that down. Yep. So I... We're going to do yeah. their album Bitter Tea, and the reason why the Fiery Furnaces actually came up on my radar was because you've been talking about Franz Ferdinand. And I remember reading about... Whoa, I've been ta- I brought them up as an aside. Like, you're making it sound like I was talking about them nonstop to you. Before. Well, you were. You are talking about them nonstop to me. I, all it was was Fire Furnaces that. I mean... Uh, uh, and all I'm talking furnaces. about is the one hit, Take Me Out. <laughs> no, no, you're going fire... You're going, oh, man, Franz, Franz Ferdinand this, Ferd, Fred, Fred, Ferdinand that. I can't even talk. Try saying Franz Ferdinand five times fast. You can't do it without restarting World War One. Point is, <laughs> deep cut. Deep cut. Point is, um, the 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 female um, uh, singer uh, in the Fiery Furnaces dated Alex of Franz Ferdinand, and this album got a, a lot of press because it was oh this is fiery furnaces girlfriend's album um so we're going to do that particular album because i remember reading that actually in rolling stone that was literally in the review 
this is the front man of Fran- Fire of um, Franz Ferdinand's girlfriend's album. Like, how shitty is that? <laughs> and what are the odds that they both loved alliteration and they both chose the letter F? Right. I mean, I, there, <laughs> there was something there. So, um, yeah, I remember seeing that. I remember thinking that was shitty even then. Like, you should be reviewing this band on its own merits, not just because, oh, this is you know someone's girlfriend's album or boyfriend's album or they're associated with this act, so we're going to give it a review. Like, it just, just kind of goes to show you, like, just how incestuous it sometimes it, it is when in order to become a big band. And, you know, again, the Sparks have been around for how many fucking years and we didn't know about them. Yeah. I mean, and meanwhile, this band, the only reason why I heard of it was because they were dating a member of another band. Like maybe if Ron Sparks had been uh, dating um, David Bowie, we would we would know who they were instead of Amanda fucking Lear. I don't know. I'm <laughs> well, just I mean, saying. Uh, Russell Mayle, the, the, the good looking one, he uh, he dated Jane Wielden from the Go-Go's and made a video with her. He really? <laughs> didn't help him. <laughs> God damn, even the Go-Go's didn't help them? What the fuck? <laughs> Paul McCartney spoofing up didn't help them. The Go-Go's didn't help them. You would think this was a bad band, but it's but not. not. But it's not. They're, they're catchy as fuck. They are. It's really, really catchy. It's really, really catchy. So, all right. Well, there we go. Um, um, yeah. Uh, so next week, we'll do the Fire Furnaces album, Bitter Tea. Strap in because it's a it's a long album, Joe. It's about an hour and twenty minutes. That's fine. Like I remember listening to them when I worked at the Electric Fetus. I just I gotta remember what they sound like. I listen to some, but I remember that I remember the name. So perfect. All right, Joe. Why don't you take us out, sir? I've got angst in my pants. <laughs> <laughs>